I've, I've, I've not. I can't. I can't think of anything I've ever bought that has battery that doesn't come with a charger. I'm just wondering if this isn't a result of this proposed EU. You know, no True. need for you know endless uh, chargers. Oh, yeah, the, maybe. Maybe the only the only problem with that, right? The problem I see with that is that's fine when you're talking about. Um, when you're talking about things like, um, you know, USB phones chargers. and stuff, which will run on tech, which will basically yeah. charge off USB. Every You can go and buy a, a bog standard, what is it, the um, 1.5 or whatever it is, you know, the, just the plug with a USB. Yeah, with a amp, USB in the bottom. Yeah, and, and plug any US, you know, USB-A charger because everybody's got hundreds of those. And even if you haven't, you can go and buy one for like five, four or five quid. But something like a drill, that's an easy get out, isn't it? Oh, no, we don't, you know, the EU says we shouldn't sell a charger with it. But drills and things like that are not, they're a bit like old-fashioned phones, aren't they? Every bloody company makes their own one. And sometimes yeah. every bloody drill. Yeah, that's right. None are compatible with each other. Yeah. So, so uh, As I said, I, just before, uh, about an hour ago, I uh, cut the grass and uh, I bought myself a battery mower a while ago. And that comes with a honking great big battery charger. <laughs> it's a huge thing. But then it's quite a big battery. So Yeah. I bought, I bought, I bought a drill, uh, battery drill, uh, um, Asda, years ago. A yellow, cheap one, about 17 quid. And it came with a, uh, you know, the, the, the drill, the battery, and a charger. One of these sort of um, round pins that plugs, plugs into it rather than an actual charger charger. Right. Oh, and, um, I think I think I, I think I charged it up once and went to use it uh, uh, beginning of the year there to do some work in the house and uh, battery was flat. So okay, I'll charge it up. Charged it up. I got about ten minutes out of the battery. This is no right. So managed to get the instructions downloaded from um, uh, online somewhere. And you've got to charge it like ten times before the battery will finally get the full charge. And I think this is a waste of time. This. Um, <laughs> so that's going to go to the railway. There's one because at the railway, a big heavy-duty one. Quite a lot of the battery people say, you know, when you buy a new gadget, they'll say, well, the first thing you should do is fully charge it. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. but not getting the full power until you've charged it 10 times seems a yeah. bit... Uh... But it can condition the battery. Yes. And the, 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 reason, the reason why I'm buying this is because the one I have at work, which is one of the works big drills, <laughs> it's a big, huge, heavy thing. I mean, really, really heavy. It's about three, four times as heavy as this new thing. Um, and uh, the chuck's been going on it. You, you would uh, either get oh, yeah. it, you would get it tightened up, and then you couldn't get it unlocked. So you had to put it in a vice to get the damn uh, bits out. So <laughs> I'll get one for myself. You know, you learn, you learn the hard way. Indeed. Oh, but this is the, these sort of things are the unintended consequences, aren't they? Of mm. you know. Road to hell paved with good intentions. Oh, we'll, yes. you know, we'll yeah. mandate that you, you know it's not required to sell the charger with a product. And everybody is concentrating, of course, on phones and tech and thinking, well, no, I don't really see a problem with that because yeah, we've all got USB chargers and you can go and buy one for nothing. But if somebody like you know cheap, like you say, cheap drill manufacturers and whatnot, people they just see that as an opportunity. Oh no, yeah. the charge is extra, and by the way, it's nearly as much money as the drill. Blimey, you know. I mean, you can go into like the likes of Aldi, or I, I, I don't know if it's Aldi or what's the other one, the Lidl. Lidl. 
One of the two supermarkets do like um, spur of the moment deals. And sometimes yeah. you can pick up a, a power tool very cheap. Um, but I've always been wary of doing that. I mean, it's bad enough buying it out of, out of uh, Asda, uh, but buying one out of Waddle or Aldi, just mm, don't know how long these things would last. But <laughs> then it's fun. I don't know. It's fun. It depends how much you use it and how much you rely on it. Mm. If it, you know, if you got two or three, if you mm. if you're only spending twenty quid on it and it lasts six months before it conks out, mm. how how bad is that? You know, you've got other drills you can use, as long as it's not the only drill you rely on. And if it dies, you're, you know, it's a major pain. It doesn't seem like... Uh... <laughs> you would have thought, though, wouldn't you, after all this time, that the uh, those making the rules would have learnt their lessons about thinking through the implications of what, <laughs> of what, what legislation they're going to pass. I mean, I've told you the story, I think, before, about the um, uh, lead in electronics um, directive. Um, have I told you that before? Oh, I think so. Yeah, you take the because they, yeah, took, the, the they organ. took the lead out. They took the lead out of um, solder, didn't they? Uh, yeah, and and basically they said you know you couldn't have lead in electronics anymore, and that without thinking about the fact that organs were electronic mm. or parts of them were, uh, and large parts of organs are often made of lead. <laughs> well, the same uh, with um, same with paints. So, Basically, it would have said, it would have said, you know, yeah, yeah, you can use the organ, but you can't use that part of the organ because that the, the pipes are lead. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well. So it's like, they it's had like, to change it. It's like paint. Um, we used to be able to get, you know, lead-based paint, mm. and it was exceptionally good stuff. You know, it really did its job. Uh, but over the years, you know, with the red, you know, restrictions coming in, um, it's very hard to get a hold of it now. Yeah, uh, and, and they're heading they're heading that way with the likes of uh, oil-based paints. Um, they're trying to get you to go over to water-based, but water-based, great for the house, but not much good for anything else. Um, yeah. It's not got the the, the um, resistance to sun, rain, snow. And weather, yeah. Uh, it was like a lot of those things, isn't it? Um, like I say, they took the lead out of solder, and um, I don't know what, 20 years ago, maybe more than that now. And... Um, friend of my family he's a plumber and gas fitter or was i mean he's long retired now but he said it was a disaster because at first the non-lead solders you could get he said they were rubbish right mm -hmm. they just they just hadn't had long enough to make decent formulated solders and i, I remember i got a, i got a leak in my water tank my hot water tank and uh so I asked him to come and just have a look at it. And he said, I'll run some solder around the thing. And he went out to his bag and he came in with this great big lump of basically lead, right? Big chunk of lead. And I said, what's that, Ralph? He says, that's... Um... You don't want to know. <laughs> well, it's like, uh, this, is my, this is my secret stash of lead yeah. solder, right? Um, somebody's phone's near the... Somebody's phone's near the mic. <laughs> yeah, mine is. Uh, mine's across the room. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, it's funny though, isn't it? Those things you don't get that so much. Yes, now. life change, rules change. <laughs> so anyway, he had this big chunk of lead, and he goes like, you know, because he said, "Oh, the other stuff's rubbish." And I bet he goes even worse if you're doing what I'm about to do here, which is basically, you know, work some more solder around the existing joint just to it all should run yeah. into any pinhole that's formed and do it but he goes if you use a different solder it won't bond properly so it won't it won't seal the leak oh uh, right 
So he said, because like basically this this tank is like twenty five years old or whatever it is, it's done with proper lead solder. If I use modern solder, it won't it won't bind to it. Just... Yeah, and the amount of lead in it is probably not going to make any difference to anybody. So mm. <laughs> if you sort of make the the amount of lead in comparison to the amount of water, <laughs> well, you should think about it. We we we've all been exposed to lead. Uh, oh yeah, you know, you, you, it was in petrol and. Uh, water pipes and all the rest of it. So we're well and truly between that and the asbestos, we're well and truly. Yes. No oh. wonder our brains are like they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, right. I mean, the thing with these things is, yes, in the longer term, it, it's good. You know, we shouldn't be putting lead in paint and lead in petrol, and we shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. this and we shouldn't be doing that. But there are always unintended consequences. I think part of I mean part of the issue is that companies won't make changes until they have to, hmm. um, and so sometimes some companies are feel as if the rules are just thrust upon them when in fact they've been around for a while but they've just been ignoring them. Yeah, that is also uh, the truth. Isn't I mean, it? I, I mean, think I think the I think the issues with electric cars and um, you know people saying oh we we'll never get it all done by 2040 and blah 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 and it's it's simply because they don't want to and they'll mm. do it at the last minute and then it'll be look the government forced us to yeah <laughs> that's right yeah. and um we got i mean it's like Weihan, isn't it saying about um you know he will have to fight with his you know bosses and whatnot to um to get them to adopt the changes in Swift UI and and all those sorts oh, of yes. things, yeah. you know, or changes in the in the APIs because they don't want to, and so that's exactly it—the technical inertia of I can't be bothered. So then wait until Apple then pull the old APIs or say now and you've then got, yeah. now you've got no choice. <laughs> it's like the people who were complaining when when um, Catalina was sixty-four bit only. And yes. dropped support Even for thirty two. They've been warning us for years, <laughs> but they'd been on about it for about I don't know five years, ten years. Oh yeah, and then at the very went... least, it was two years, wasn't it? I mean, there well, was there were two, there were about... two, two or three years when they every time you launch something that contains thirty two bit, it said warning, you know, thirty two bit will not be yeah. supported in the future. That's um, right. Because what was it? Mojave still supported thirty two bit, but you couldn't. It would still run old thirty two bit stuff, but Apple wouldn't accept any more thirty-two bit submissions. Right, right. But I know you've obviously you've got third-party developers and people who don't go through the App Store. But you know, and then there were still people crying at the oh, it's been forced on us at no warning. No, it hasn't. <laughs> and some people, oh, but my twenty-year-old plug-in for something or other is thirty-two bit and it won't work anymore. Well, if it's that old, you've got two options, haven't you? If you rely on it. You know, you've been warned for about five years. You should have done something about it. Oh dear! I um, I used uh, eCam Live last week to mm-hmm. do the church streaming. Uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, I think it's a bit difficult to know. I think it's easier to use than OBS. Um, but then I learned OBS first. <laughs> So it could be that there's a learning curve for the, you know, the technology, understanding how it works. I think, and I've already done that. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I think you'll find with a lot of new things, if you learn, you know, it's like learning. I don't know if you if you learn something like Photoshop, 
Yes, there's concepts to learn, isn't there? There's a lot of concepts. You know, like yeah. in the in the Slack room when I mentioned Pixelmator Pro, I have used Pixelmator Pro. I I used Pixelmator originally, um, and although it was okay, it was different from Photoshop. And I've got so much experience with Photoshop. Why would yeah. I change? Um, but the the things there were more to do with how the tools worked and stuff actually understanding what it did and how it's supposed to work was easy because you've already learned about you know gamma curves and levels and uh, color you know color mixing spaces and and all that stuff that's right so i understood when i went over to ecamm i already understood the concept of scenes and and how that worked but it, I mean, it is easier. It's definitely easier. It 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 has a main a main window, which is what you'll be broadcasting effectively. Um, and for each scene, you can drag in a uh, a video or a, something live from a camera, or and it's actually quite. I mean, literally drag in. So if you've got a video, you literally drag it and drop it, and it just just formats it to the right size yeah. in the window and all that sort of stuff. So it's actually it's actually a good tool. I think the other but thing is it's another subscription tool. Sadly. Yeah. Oh dear. I mean, the other, the other thing I think that sometimes people, people like us, you know, people who've got many years experience using a tool of choice, you know, particularly yeah. say Adobe, whereas when somebody makes a Photoshop competitor, especially if you're a, a fairly high level user, you will try out this new tool and go, it's not as good as Photoshop because it doesn't do this or it does that differently or I don't like the way it does that. But I think it's easy to forget that if you're a beginner and you open a tool like Photoshop, it's absolutely overwhelming. There are hundreds of tools and millions of settings and it can be really difficult. As someone who's who's not really into photo editing in a big way i mean i i'm I'm definitely one of the where's me fix button mm. <laughs> um yeah i just find photo editors mind-boggling i've played with them but I, that's all i've done because yeah. I, I don't really understand what i'm doing and that is why um you know tools like pixelmator it's easy for those of us with more experience to poo poo it but for a lot of people yeah. they want a tool because they don't need probably at least 75% if not 90% of what you can do with Photoshop they don't care about they yeah. want I mean there are, there are things about there are things about Ecamm Live that I think have been implemented well um, stuff like um, so I was playing around with putting this service together um, last week last weekend and I was beginning to wonder how so I'd I'd been into um, YouTube and set up the video, which is what you do. I go in and you can put like a slide cover on it so that it appears in people's feeds saying, you know, this is coming up in two hours time or whatever. And uh, I'd already done all that. And I, I suddenly started to scratch my head on Sunday afternoon thinking, well, hold on, I've put it all together in Ecamm Live and I've done it all in, how do I join them together? Because all I could see at the bottom of the, the screen for Ecamm Live was... Um, go live or schedule and i thought but i've already scheduled it um but as soon as i switched across so our circuit has a circuit account youtube account yeah and as soon as i switched across it it said ah okay it gave me another option uh, do you mean this thing you've scheduled for later i thought yeah. oh well that that's that's cool that's clever 
So yeah, it's it's well thought out. I must admit, and not only that, you can everything is controllable for within the software. With OBS, you sort of have to do a little bit of toing and froing between YouTube and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, um, with Ecamm Live, it's all done from within the software itself, which is clever I mean, stuff. It it's a bit like Oliver's Mimo, hmm. right? That is a yeah, that's a really good piece of software, but it is also effectively designed to go all the way up to uh, you know tv professionals yeah which means when i opened it and looked at it even though he's got a kind of you know he kindly let me have a you know a, a free sub to look at the podcasting module and it was like whoa you know it, <laughs> I, i'm not a, i'm not a radio engineer you know what i mean i'm not a full-blown yeah. sound engineer i have no yeah, that's idea. the danger is if you get into uh as soon as you start getting into sound as well it's it could be very complicated. So I thought, no, I think I'll stick with the, uh, I'll stick with the rogue amoeba stuff, which is, you know, I'm sure a radio engineer yeah. would look at it and go, well, where's all my, you know, where's all my controls? I haven't got enough controls. But, That's right, yeah. And uh, but for those of us who uh, who are dabbling, <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah. you you do get people who, it's like that Amadine that. Um, the be light soft amadine that's no that's no illustrator and it's no affinity designer because you know affinity have basically pitched themselves directly to go up against adobe um and they're not quite that yeah that there yet but then again you know they're relatively new products even and if there's, so, there's so many different things out there i mean uh, i went to uh uh i went to a zoom meeting this week um to do with hybrid church because a lot of people are talking about you know as we go forward we've been doing quite a lot of this broadcasting stuff um how do we bring that into normal worship and uh you know what happens when we get back into our churches and that kind of thing which was an interesting meeting but they had a woman there an american from a company called altar i think that's how she pronounced it but right. it's actually altar altar as in church yeah. altar. That's a, a church altar, yeah yeah and uh she was saying, you know, we, we, we do, it does all this for you and it's all very clever. And I went, and look, and I thought she obviously got the completely wrong idea of British churches because the subscription, and it was a subscription, uh, the, for the base level was $199 a month. Gosh, <laughs> I thought, well, you know, American churches might be rich, but <laughs> British churches certainly aren't. I mean, it. I have to admit, it's... It's like before I got Audio Hijack and I was playing around with different ways of, you know, recording the podcast and doing things. And when I wanted to, you know, step beyond um, the very simple setup that I started out with, basically just recording directly from wire with Piezo and yeah. cleaning it up as best I could afterwards. And also, I'm sure if we went back and listened to some of the early ones that I recorded, because I, even my skill with Audacity was very limited. I'm sure I would listen to the sound on some of them and think, oh, this is awful. <laughs> but um, when I started messing around, I looked at some of the things that you can get for free. Um, Mark pointed me to one. I think it's called Reaper. And um, you can get a free one from Pro Tools, which is indeed a pro tool. Um, you know, sort of thing used actually by sound engineers and, and stuff. 
Oh, I see. Yeah. But they do a free they do a free version, which is kind of trimmed down. But it is basically the Pro Tools with certain things, you know, disabled or they're in app purchases. So when you open it, the interface is just as overpowering as as if you open something like uh, Adobe Audition, which because at yeah. work we had a you know we have an an Adobe subscription, I thought well I'll have a look at Adobe Audition for the same you know well I could have that for free and that's a pro tool. But <laughs> I think there's only I think there's only one there's only one kind of tool that is more intimidating than something that has boxes everywhere all over the screen, and that's one that doesn't. <laughs> it's yeah. one that's just blank and you think Whoa, what am i supposed to do now what am i supposed to do now yeah yeah so <laughs> go it's um so yep yeah, i um obviously i so talk... i i had a had a chat with virgin media yesterday all right yeah uh coming to the end of my uh discounts that i had off them um i don't know if you remember i managed to get my bill down reasonably um last year and i'm just coming to the end of those discounts now it's starting to go up so I think my next bill was going to be remembering that this is everything, uh, TV. Uh, yeah, internet, phone. Yeah, internet and uh, phone and everything. It was going to go up to about 54 quid a month. And I thought, I wonder if I can, uh, I wonder if I can negotiate a bit off that. So I, I gave them a ring yesterday. And they were, you know, quite straight away said, well, let's see what we can do for you. And uh, they noticed I'd got a phone from them, which I have, which I pay 10 quid a month for. And she said, well, what I can do is I can bring your phone in to this contract. Um, and she said, uh, and then um, the, the bill will be, what did she say, 50, 56. So I think it's a couple of quid more than I'm, I would be paying if I stayed as I am, but not including the phone. Yeah. So I would be paying 10 quid for the phone plus a couple of quid, uh, less than a couple of quid that she'd added on. But she also said, Oh, and by the way, we'll double your internet speed to 200 megabits per second as well while we're at it. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> and I said, uh, oh, go on then. So a new 18-month contract with them. Um, so uh, so I am paying a fraction more on that account, but actually less overall. Yeah, well, that's, so that's it's, good. It's definitely it? worthwhile going to chat to them every time you get to the end of, you know, 12 months, 18 months, whatever you've contracted to. Yeah, it's supposed to be bringing out uh, an even faster. Um, oh, they're uh, supposed to be doing gigabits, aren't they? Yeah, yeah gigabit broadband. I, don't, I, I find it very hard to know what you'd want that for. I mean, in all honesty, when I renegotiated the last time, I was happy to go down to 50, and it was still fast enough. It still did everything I wanted it to do. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then they put it up mid-term to 100 without me asking um, as part of the, you know, their deal. Um, and then when she said they were going to double it again, I, th I thought, well, I'm not going to turn that down if you're just going to – it's not going to cost me any more. <laughs> I mean, I, I get, might as well. We're up, we're on nominally sixty four megabit here with yeah. um, plus net, but we're. I mean, we're not out in the sticks, but we're still probably considered relatively rural. So yeah. I suspect the chances of me getting upgraded beyond that any time in the next ten years <laughs> until they actually you know, upgrade the whole infrastructure again is very yes. slim. I suppose so, I'm lucky, really. I live on the edge of a big suburb, so yeah, where, <laughs> the cable where went in years ago. Exactly, where, you know, Virgin or, you know, other big providers, it's worth their while laying a huge trunk and yes. 
basically as the uh, you know as the ancillary equipment that can push those speeds through becomes available they just start swapping out various routers and switches and things in their infrastructure that's right and i mean speed goes let, let, and let's face it the um the uh progress in um uh what's the word i'm after uh, video encryption um means that they can squeeze more and more and more into smaller and smaller spaces as it were in their bandwidth yeah which frees up more for everything else so they just you know i mean i i'm happy enough without my internet speed i don't i don't find it a problem well i think that's the thing i mean as i say when i was on 50 i wasn't having any problems and i, no. I stream a lot of stuff I, I i watch quite a lot of youtube and uh she said uh I've just been having a look how much you use uh, bandwidth. You use uh, uh, you, you. You do know you uh, in the last month you you streamed six hundred gigabytes, <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, that doesn't surprise me." <laughs> no, but of course, part of the part of the thing which I don't think everybody grasps is more um, speed. You know, more megabits per second is yes. not all purely about speed. Obviously, it is partly about speed, but it's also about multi-users in a household. Yeah, contention and all that kind of because thing. Because if you've, like in my house, where there's six of us. Yes. You could all six be using stuff at the same time. We we could. And if you've got, yeah. because of the way the internet interleaves things, if you've got six films all streaming on different devices, it's easier. You know, if you've got a 200 megabit pipe, it's easier to interleave all those things and nobody, you know, you get no slowdown. Yeah. Um, even with, you know, we get about 50, I think, and I've never really suffered from obvious laggy. Well, you only need, you only need a couple of megabytes, don't you? Oh, my screens have just decided to shut, turn themselves off. <laughs> That's kind of it. Um, I mean, you only need a couple of, couple of gig, gigabits. No, megabits. You only yeah. need a couple of megabits per second to stream video. So in fifty, you could actually stream quite oh, a lot of video. Quite a lot. I think, yeah. I think Amazon Prime and Netflix both yeah, recommend higher quality, aren't they? They recommend that you have. I think they recommend five megabits per second or better, which yeah. is, you know, that's by modern standards, that's actually still not very much, is it? Um, it's not. It's not. You know. So yeah, I mean, it's only Virgin Media and that are pushing these silly speeds. I think the other... Well, of course, they're talking about pushing 4K content, aren't they? I, I suppose so. But even then, I mean, with modern encryption, even 4K isn't beyond the wit of man uh, no. and bandwidth. It, uh, it's not. These, these, I, I suspect some of it... I'd be, interested to, I'd be interested to know how many people do watch 4K. I mean, I haven't got a... I've, I have got a 4K TV, haven't I? Yes. I could watch 4K on my Mac or I could watch 4K on the TV I have in the garage. <laughs> but my uh, my main projector TV is only 1080p. Well, my... Um, which my, is enough for me. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I think all of our... I think all of our TVs are probably 1080p. Um, I think that's true for a lot of people. I mean, I mean, unless, unless you're into your uh, video in a big way. Yeah, I'm not. And I, I, at Christmas, I bought... I replaced the tv in the living room with a newer tv um or just before christmas i think it might have been might have been black friday sales and i i was looking for a new tv basically we just wanted a bigger one a bit bigger than the one we had 
Yeah. So I was looking around and Curry's had one and it, it was the size I wanted and it was about 240 quid, you know, with a Black Friday discount and all the rest. And it was a 4K yeah. one, 4K smart TV. So I thought, well, it's amazing you can pick them up for that price. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll have that one then. So it takes you all the way through to the pay screen and then it goes, uh, no, we, um, you can't have that one. It's like, uh, we don't deliver that item. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Okay. You know, fine. Uh, Click and collect. Oh, there are none within 50 miles of you. So it's like, so what you're actually saying is you've got about four of those and there's probably one in London, one in Liverpool, (laughs) one in bloody Birmingham and one in Glasgow. Very irritating. And, uh, you know, so that's just the lure to get you on the site, isn't it? So yeah. in the end, I, I looked around and I bought the one we've got, which is a JVC and a smart TV and all, all the other things. It's just that it wasn't a 4K. Um, yes. I think I, well, I think my LG was a 4K one. I think I don't think I think that was only about 230 quid or something like that. So perhaps yeah. <laughs> perhaps I got one <laughs> one you were looking at. Who knows? <laughs> but there you go. And I I realistically I don't watch enough TV or whatever to care, you know. Um, well, that's right. And as I say, I, I, I mostly watch my projector screen and that, that's 1080p and that's more, more than enough. I think the only, the only thing I occasionally notice on my TV is if you're watching a film and it's a very dark scene, you know, one of these sort of... Yes, clarity you, yeah, sometimes. You sometimes that. notice... Um, like banding in the deep blacks or whatever. Yeah. You know, where it fades to black, you get a sort of, you can see some slight pixelation in the blacks and whatnot, but really, I'm not, I'm not going to cry. I'm really not. <laughs> it's, um, it's fine the rest of the time. So that's, that does me. And, um, there you go. You're very quiet, James. Yeah, I just listen. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, I got a 4K TV um, back in the Black Friday sales. And oh right, um, two hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, um, I know it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, it's a, what's it called again? Sharp, sharp TV. A sharp one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. A good TV. That's fine. Does the job. Mm. Yeah, I I think unless you are absolutely into watching, you know, super high definition. Um, and you watch an awful well, lot of I, movies. I think with video, you get the same sort of people as you have with audio, really. You do get some people who get obsessed by the quality rather than, you know, just enjoying what, they, what it is they're watching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I can see a pixel. I'll have to buy something more. Yeah, something more <laughs> definition. Well, I told, yeah. I, I told you the story. I'm sure I told you the story before, didn't I, about my dad's mate who was an incredible audio file and had this incredibly expensive stereo setup, uh, you know, with where the stylus cost, you know, and we're talking like an arm and a leg 40 yes. years ago. And, you know, the stylus was a hundred pounds and, and he had a, he had a satellite um, dish to pick up satellite TV and radio. Um, this is in the right. days before there, you know, before it was even a thing, he could pick up stuff from Europe and whatnot. By the way, mm-hmm. this dish was like about eight foot across and had to be <laughs> in his back garden. Yeah, and had to be, you know, steered around like a like a radio telescope to pick up things. Yes. Um 
But <laughs> then he had the thing where because his his stereo was so you know precise that he had to buy special pressings of uh, recordings to play on it. Oh, he was into opera and classical music, but so it was actually picking up more background noise than he wanted it to. Well, it, it, an ordinary, you know, an ordinary go down to John Menzies and buy a record sounded absolutely yeah. diabolical because this thing was so high fidelity it picked up all the hiss and rumble and scratch and everything. So he had to go and buy these special high fidelity recordings, which were, of course, five times the price of an ordinary record. <laughs> and it was, it was a bit like, it was like. Really? Have you not? Yeah, it's probably it's probably sitting there saying you can hear the difference, can't you? And you're thinking, no. Well, I can't. Yeah, just like, <laughs> just like really, is that not just a sort of bragging rights level, isn't it? Why not just yes. stick the in reality? You know, how good are the acoustics of your living room? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unless you've uh, built your special, special chamber to sit in and listen to it that sort of, you know, uh, mimics the acoustics of the Albert Hall, you're probably wasting it all anyway. Uh. The big problem I have is uh, the sound quality. It's not the picture quality. I've right. got, yeah. uh, I've got a soundbar with a woofer. Um, yeah. And I find very often I've got to turn the volume really, really high to hear it. I mean, I know my hearing's not as good as it used to be, but not to the stage where you've got to put it so high to hear anything. And then you get the problem of, you know, the music and the explosions and all the rest of it. Oh, you know, yeah, then you, you get know, the that. I think sometimes, you know, that we... Um, the, the problem with a lot of televisions, of course, is being so thin that, that their speakers mm. tend to be a bit tinny. Um, but as soon as you put... Unless you're prepared to spend time setting it up properly when you do plug in a soundbar all it does is make it a bit louder and woolly um and i think it's it's a matter of finding the right mm-hmm. the right sound for your room as it were i uh but, but i just can't be bothered <laughs> but you don't find um movies now are really bad for hearing the spoken word oh yeah the, the yes noise. definitely oh yeah, although some tvs some tvs do have a spoken word uh, setting where you can get it to enhance just spoken word. I mean, I I um, do use a soundbar because I, I will admit, you know, our TV was cheap, and as a result, the, its weakest point is the sound. Bloody rubbish speakers, you know. Yeah. So we've got a soundbar, and obviously one of the big big advantages of a soundbar is you get pro- you do get you know it's a stereo bar, so the speakers are separated. And they face forward. They're not coming out of the back or the side of the telly, which if it's mounted on the wall, obviously is never going to be brilliant. But um, the other thing I find a lot is uh, if you're watching a movie, because I mostly use Amazon and um, Netflix, you can Mm -hmm. go in when, when you go to, you know, start the movie, it's got audio and subtitle settings. And I almost always go in there and turn because most of them will say, for example, one of the benefits of watching stuff on Netflix is if you watch a a foreign show or a foreign movie, often there's the option to have it, not only to have the subtitles, but if you want, you can have, there's a, you can have a dubbed version instead. You can go in there and choose, right? So if you see something that you you like the synopsis and and it sounds interesting and you turn it on and realize it's in German. You can go into the audio settings 
on Netflix and sometimes on Amazon and say, oh, I'll have it in English, please. So they oh, change right, the audio. For, yeah, which is really useful because quite often you'll see shows or or movies and think that sounds interesting and you put it on and it's in, you know, it could be in anything, any language, yes. Greek, German, Spanish, or, Spanish or, it doesn't yeah. matter what it is. <laughs> you know, there's hundreds of languages in the world. So it does also mean, you know, if somebody says, oh, you know, this Arabic film is a, a masterpiece and you can't be fagged to read the subtitles and, you know, fine, I don't speak any Arabic, but you don't have to feel like, um, embarrassed, you go in there and say, yeah, well, I'll have it in English, please. And there's usually a whole load. There's usually like, you know, German, French, Spanish, Brazilian, Portuguese, yeah. a whole load that you can choose from, which is quite nice. And it's worth remembering because that means you can watch foreign films or foreign shows and not feel like an idiot, you know. And So I, you're, um, you're soundbar, James. Has that mm -hmm. got, um, has it got different settings, different, does yeah. it have like... Um... You yeah, know, you've, movie you've, you've got cinema and uh, sport yeah. world and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't really seem to make much difference. C cinema's kind of weird. Um, you can hear a difference, but not to the point where you can actually hear it. I had to, I had to muck about with uh, treble bass um, and all that kind of stuff. And right. Right. I'll tell you one thing that I found helps, which was before I went off into the thing about the uh, uh, dubbing. Uh, mm -hmm. I nearly always make sure it's on stereo and not 5-1 because if it's on 5-1 and you don't have a 5-1 surround system, mm. it makes it very muddy because... Because it, it's it, only playing part of the sound, presumably. Yeah, I, well, I guess so. Uh, well, some of it's being lost. If you set it to stereo, that usually helps. But I'm with you, Jim. A lot of movies... And you've I've seen people complaining about this in various forums and even on... Yeah even critics about, you know, going to the cinema, saying, why is it now that the explosions and the music and the gunfire and the car tyres squealing and whatnot are, like, all delivered at super high volume and high definition, and yet when the people are in the coffee shop talking, they're getting... <laughs> clinkety, clankety, clinkety, clank. And um, somebody yeah. said, oh, well, it's all this... It's all this modern, you know, oh, you know, sort of cinema verite. So we just record it, you know, in and because um, it's so much more natural than, you know, a set where people are talking and then there's no background noise. And it's like lots of critics have said, yeah, that's great, unless you can't actually hear the bloody dialogue. <laughs> there, are, there are ways to turn the background down. So that you can hear the murmuring and the people talking and whatnot in the background without muffling the bloody dialogue. Yeah, there, there is a setting for that, but I never find it works very well. But I've noticed that with t also with TV shows, a lot of the new TV shows, the spoken words very hard to hear. Uh, also, not helped by some of the actors who cannot um, project their voice. Yes, enunciate, um, darling, enunciate. Mm. <laughs> there, was a, there was there was a TV there's a TV show on um, uh, Amazon Prime. It used to be on uh, Netflix, science fiction show, and there was one character, this girl from the the belt, who mumbled all the way through the show. You couldn't make. Oh yes, I know what you're oh, talking about. The Expanse, yeah, the yeah, Expanse, Expanse yeah. yeah. And this girl, I mean, partly the problem was they've got a strange dialect for the for the for the. Yeah, well, the belt is it's, like it's that. It's meant to be sort of. Almost like an African 
Like, yeah, sort of, it, I was um, going to say it's a patois, isn't it? And they, they, yeah, all, yeah. But, but this girl, uh, which which mumbled it, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I know what you mean. I remember, yeah. I, I, I do. And she was very difficult to understand because mm. not only was she doing the, um, yeah, that sort of it was a sort of, um, African Australian sort of southern, southern hemisphere, anyway, kind of patois, yeah. whereas but most of the earthers spoke, you know. American English and the Martians seem to mostly speak quite a lot of them what seem to be Australian. But I, I mean, I quite liked the idea that, you know, these people would been, and a lot of them were poor people. So I guess it meant a lot of them were meant to be, you know, blacks and, and, and whatnot. Um, who'd obviously, you I, know, I, I like the program as a whole. Oh, yeah, I like the program. I, her, but her, but yeah. I, I agree the sound wasn't always as perhaps wasn't as always as brilliant. It be. I did like the yeah. um I did like the guy with the scarred face who was a sort of um he spoke that belter but he man he enunciated it really clearly. Mm. Was, um, oh yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, the, the, the white haired guy, whatever, yeah, he was. whatever he was. Yeah, yeah. Set, he, like I, second I, in I, command I of the ship. Yeah, I find I can watch a couple of them and then I have to give up for a wee while and then come back to it. I don't seem to be able to sit down and watch it, you know, binge watch it. I, I, um, I did. I really enjoyed it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah it was definitely my kind of thing. But I, I like, I like, uh, you know, I like show, science fiction shows like Star Trek and uh, all these kind of things. Um, yeah. Uh, Babylon 5, which was excellent. But um, I don't know. I've. I've I find a lot of the modern ones are a wee bit too. We touch on the horror side of things rather than science fiction. Yeah, I know. I think I know what you mean. Yeah, they tend to be quite earthy as well, don't they? Rather than mm-hmm. optimistic. <laughs> oh yeah, very much so. I just watched um, Travelers, the three seasons of oh, Travelers. Yes. Yeah, I've I've seen all of the series of Travelers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's not exactly a cheerful prospect, is it? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> I thought the end of it was a bit of a cop-out, but there you go. Yeah, I did as well. Um, and there was meant to be a fourth season, but it's been cancelled. Oh, oh, so it's possible that they just rounded it off to, well, to finish it, as it, it were. It was confirmed for a fourth season, and then it, it got cancelled subsequent. So although the, the writer apparently made some sort of um, slightly strange tweet saying that's the end of Travellers Program 1. Well, obviously at the end you saw the bit with Travellers Program 1, fail, initiate Travellers Program 2. Yes. So um, I guess if it was, you know, it was cleared for a new season and then cancelled, it's always yeah. possible, I guess, that the producer and the director are hoping to get someone else to pick it up because it sounds like the next season would not be about the original characters because they were all basically written out, weren't they? They either got killed. They were, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. Um, Marcy and, um, was it David? You know, you saw them in an alternative meeting in an alternative timeline. Um, uh, you know, the, the F- FBI, quote, unquote, guy went back and changed history by not sweeping his wife off her feet. Um, yes. Once he'd made sure that, you know, zero, zero, 001 wasn't going to arrive. Um, so there you go. So I guess there's a possibility, but if there is, it'll be a, like a completely different story. And then the the other thing that's that's slightly annoying about uh, modern films is there seems to, 
I'm not sure it's quite so bad now, but a little while ago there was a penchant for producing very dark films. Oh. I mean, physically dark. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, and I didn't like that at all. We no. couldn't really see what was going on. And particularly if you've not got one of these super high-definition tele- televisions. No, it becomes... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't really super... sort of see what's going on at all. It's just a lot of movement, but... In yeah, pitch black. I didn't like yeah. that very much. No, thank you for that. Um... <laughs> and how are you finding Big Sur? Um, actually, Big Sur is is okay. I've not experienced any real difficulties with it. Um, Good. Uh, I mean... Has it... Um... Does it change your opinion about the way Apple is going with their operating systems and um, possibly it, touch coming into tablets, uh, Mac tablets, laptops and iMacs, you think? I'm not so sure about iMacs, laptops possibly. I mean, a lot of people have basically um, pointed out that a quite a, a lot of the interface elements seem bigger and more widely spaced than they were previously. Um, I have to say mm. that on my little 13-inch laptop, I don't find that a bad thing um, because on my small screen, you know, you, I did f- find in Catalina some of the some of the interface elements were really quite indistinct because they're very small. Um, what so it's visually better for uh, visually handicapped people. It, it's not. It's not a huge difference. I mean, it, they're not like massively bigger. Um, it's just. It. I think it's just made to look a bit more like an iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things I'm not so keen on. Um, this thing with the. I mean, having the sidebar in all the windows. That's okay once you get used to it. Um, but this the. the the fact that the title bar is, you know, like the title bar and then the toolbar below it, the title bar is now between the sidebar and all the icons, like for all that, you know, view and actions um, and share. And, yeah. yeah, in the finder. Thought, yeah, in the finder. And I, to my view, when I first turned it on, there are too many tools in that top bar. Because what they've done, oh, right. if, you, if you look at, you know, uh, Catalina and basically the Mac OS for uh, 10 years or something before, you've got a top row, which has got your, you know, op- uh, close, minimize, expand buttons yeah. in the top left. And then you've got the name of the window in the middle and the little um, icon of the whatever it is that you can drag around and whatnot if you want, you know, to copy things and, and stuff. Um, but the rest of that bar is empty, so I can see why they've claimed that um, why they've claimed that real estate back because now that bar and the, the the region below where you've got search and the various buttons for view buttons and tags yeah. and, and all that they've merged those into one bar. So you've got oh uh, I see you've you've got your your window controls which are still in the top left, of course and are kind of above the um, sidebar. And then you've got the name of the window. Uh, and then to the right of that, you've got all these little iOS-style icons, you know, for the share and the ad tags. and that. But when I first opened it, I thought, there are way too many of them in there, yeah? And they're a bit like the ones in the menu bar. You can just drag them out if you don't want them. Get rid of them. If you don't use tags, drag them out. But you know oh, how much... Excuse yeah. me. 
I mean, most people just go with the default, and it just looked a bit cluttered on my little screen. You should be able to customise, should you not? Oh, yeah, you can, yeah. But what yeah. I'm saying is, I, I immediately went through and went, well, I don't want that, and I don't want that, and I don't want that, and, and, and got... Mm-hmm. Is it too much like um, iOS? No. No, no, I don't, I don't, right. I didn't find it, it, visually it looks more like iOS, but, mm-hmm. um, it's still familiar, as, it doesn't, yeah, the, the, right. my biggest complaint at the minute is the bloody mess of icons mm-hmm. that I was going yeah, on I mean, about in the Slack, like the fact that the, you know, the message icon, okay, you've made it like the iOS one but you've gone back to sort of an iOS V4 thing where it's got massive shadows and depth shading on it. So the speech bubble is like you a see, bloody balloon. You see, I think that I, can, I can understand that annoying someone who works in design. It probably wouldn't bother me. You'd, um, be, you'd be surprised, Nick, because when you've got them in the bar, there is an all nasty mix. Why is that one, like, really skeuomorphic? And why is that one, like, iOS four and then the rest of them in a sort of ios so you, just think it looks, you just think it looks a bit higgledy biggledy yeah at the minute it's and and some are on ios style tiles and some break out like mac icons always have and like alice has said well they are probably in a in a one of the developer things or something i didn't watch you know that probably like mac icons of old you know the application ones or whatever are allowed to break out and i'm probably there's probably different rules for what's you know whether it's a yeah you know whether it's a full-blown app or it's a utility so things like stickies and stickies is on a um a proper ios tile right um notes is like an ios tile but uh was it uh text edit is like an ios tile of a piece of writing paper but then it's got a fully skewomorphic ballpoint pen which breaks out top and bottom um right now and then they've i just think if you're some of them look nicer than others so for example the photo booth you've got a sort of ios icon and then you've got like a camera lens bottom right which breaks out of the tile and yeah. they've got several like that, and it's like, okay. Yes, I think let, I've seen that one. Yeah, let's. Yeah, well, that was one of the ones I posted, and it's like, okay, let's go with that then. How how about we have the thing where you've got a tile, which is something to do with the app, and then something bottom right, you know, camera, camera lens, whatever that breaks out. But at the minute, there's no conformity. It's 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 like, did you have four different teams designing these because? It doesn't. They did. <laughs> it, it doesn't feel coherent at all. Whereas if you look at in the past, you know they would have a thing like um, an application would be, you know, a slightly slanted document with something laid on it—a paintbrush or a pen or a—I uh, don't know. It just to me, at, at the minute, it doesn't feel. So- coherent at all so it's so they're not trying to make all the icons into ios icons then they're actually doing something different yeah right yeah but the trouble with that is like i say some of them um so if you look at something like books or podcasts those Mm -hmm. look almost exactly the same as ios icons except they've got a tiny little amount of depth in them 
Right. But then you get something like the messages, which has got this, like, like I say, like really early iOS 3D speech bubble with a huge shadow behind it floating on a green tile. And it's just like, that doesn't, that just, ugh. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand. I can sort of understand wanting to bring iOS and um, uh, the Mac a bit closer, but I would have thought that if you were going to do that, you'd just try and make it so you only have to design one icon for, for whatever you're going to use it for. You don't continue to have multiple different icons for different no, things. No, I, and I, I think, do you know what I think is going to happen? I think whatever it is Apple are trying to do there, Maybe they're trying to differentiate Catalyst apps from native apps. I don't know. Maybe I'd have to ask Alistair what he meant about Apple made it perfectly clear and possibly in a developer um, session or something what those yes. apps were about. Um, uh, but I can... Purely, these purely Apple apps that are doing this? Well, yeah, at the minute. Well, at the minute, because there aren't any, there aren't any big Sur apps, are there, apps. per yeah. se. Because it's a beta. Um, well, you you haven't uh, you haven't imported. Uh, you're running as a separate system from your your existing software. Whatever, no, whatever no. I, I mean, I just installed it over the top of of my Catalina. So so all your all your software should have moved over. Yeah. So all the existing apps I've got. So so are these the, apps logos uh, icons the same as they were before, or they are a mixed bag of. Well, they're a mixed. But I mean, it's only the Apple stuff at the minute, obviously, oh, right. because any anything anything that I already have, um, you know, has still retained its own original icon. Right. It's so it's it's not a case of the developers needing to change something. It's actually oh, well, just Apple seems to be a bit of well, a mess. Well, yeah. there's the Apple ones at the minute, and no doubt there will be guidelines. I'm sure there's guidelines, but. Mm. Um, I, and, and I did hear people saying that the, the it was a bit of a mess. Yeah. Yeah, and until, mm. I mean, I guess until we start getting you know Big Sur apps updates mm. from from third parties. By the way, I haven't really come across anything that doesn't work. Um, oh, that's the, good. The only thing, um, oh my my antivirus won't run properly because it says you need to approve a system. Uh, you know, a system mod, but and I've got the same right. thing I had when I first installed Catalina, where it, it says go here and press the allow button, and you go there and there's no text and no allow button. Um, oh right, so they've still got one or two minor. That's a bug which I had in Catalina. Um, where it wouldn't allow this... the system, uh, you know, mods to be installed. Is this public beta one? Uh, yeah. So it's mm. dev. Beta three or something right. two. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, they those are minor quibbles. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. I mean, my my antivirus isn't broken, but the real time protection um element can't be installed because when you go to the system prefs to to do allow, there is no way to do. There it. is no allow. There oh, is right. no allow. So, but that's a problem I had with Catalina as well. So, I've reported that. Um. Everything else seems to be working 
fine dropbox i had to did i have to reinstall dropbox to get it to work i think i did um and a couple of things that you know run in the background needed a couple of restarts before they started working properly but that's that's just a system update i mean you get that regardless um yeah most of it is just look and feel i think all most of the real changes appear to be you know under the hood um They've made obviously made big changes to the APFS because that's obviously what I was putting in the in the Slack about. I can't I can't see my SSD at all, right? Because Catalina obviously doesn't. They've made more changes to the way the APFS works, um, whereas Mojave could still see the Catalina, but it saw it as two two discs, not one. Yeah, um, because of the way. It understood it, but Catalina can't doesn't appear to be able to understand the Big Sur APFS drive at all. Just doesn't right. Like no, <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> no, it's just a you know because it's an updated version of APFS which Catalina doesn't understand. So it just see, it just doesn't see it at all. Well, if, if you go into disk utility, you can see it, but yes. um, you can't see the system. Uh, portion at all partition yeah you can see the data partition but if you mount right. if you say mount it it, says, it claims it's mounted but it doesn't come up on the desktop in catalina oh okay so yeah they've obviously made changes there. they've made big changes oh, it, it sounds promising though if you're not having too many problems no i mean the, the you know the things i do with it seem to be working fine i've not um I've not had stuff that's crashed or bombed or refused to load or whatever. Well, Dropbox did at first, but I just reinstalled it because I thought, well, that relies on hooks into the system, as do all those kind of, um, you know, cloud-based things. They re- re- yes. require hooks into the system, don't they, to make them work. So any system update can trip can them. Can break up. those. Yeah. So I didn't... So talking about beta software, I or beta software, depending on how you want to pronounce it, uh, I was using mm-hmm again mm-hmm. this morning. Okay. So I got I got onto their beta and uh, it 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 works okay. So uh, um, this morning I was uh, we were having our Saturday coffee morning and uh, on Zoom and we were talking about one or two different things and I thought it'd be useful if we could see a web page. So I uh, called up mm-hmm and uh, pulled the uh, web page onto my second monitor and uh, and then shared that with the group. Just by going into Zoom and making my camera the mm-hmm camera, <laughs> and it, and it acted as a, a virtual camera, so that they could uh, not only that I could actually put myself back on it, so they could see me and they could see the web page behind me, which yeah. was quite cool. That is that is of course it's one of its major features, isn't of it? Of course, yes, yes, for uh, for presenting things really online. Rather um, than so, yeah, yeah, it worked. Seems to work out. I haven't come across any major bugs with it so far, so. And that's a standalone. It's a standalone app, yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't need Zoom to make it work. No, no. Of course, that's what it's designed for. It's designed for, um, mm. uh, for uh, creating a virtual camera within. Uh, so, if something doesn't have um, uh, on their computer, will it not work? You you can, but you have to share your screen in Zoom. So you can share your screen, your whole screen, or one of your screens. But with this, no, you I can mean, actually say, I just, "No, Jim means no." Jim, I think Jim means. Does the other, you know, do the other people have to have it? And the answer to that, Jim, is no, they oh, don't. No. no, they don't. No. Now, all you're doing is changing your camera to be the mm-hmm camera. Uh, so it doesn't, just, it either, it can see you and something else, but it can also just show a slideshow, for instance. 
or um, I had I had quite good fun last week actually because um, my family uh, decided that they were going to go for a walk last week and I, I liked the idea and I so I'd looked up the walk went up to the high peak uh, to a place oh I'm not going to remember what it's called now oh it's gone never mind uh, we went up to the high peak in Derbyshire uh, for a for a walk which was lovely uh, some of it was along uh, uh, the high peak rail which was a uh, was a, a mining railway originally and is now you know bicycle lots of cyclists and uh, and walkers um but it was very nice but when i decided to go i thought oh, what are we going to do about coffee morning because i always run the zoom for the coffee morning so at first i asked if there was anyone else who could do it and no one else thought that they could work out how to do it um, and then i suddenly thought oh, hold on a minute maybe i could remote control my computer so i uh made sure my computer didn't shut itself down by going into power settings. And then I installed a jump desktop, which is part of, um, part of, uh, what's it called? Set, set up. Part of okay. Setup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and installed just desk, um, jump desktop on my desktop. And then I've got the jump app on my uh, phone. So I could remote control my Mac and started off early because we weren't meeting till about lunchtime. So I started off about 10, and by about 10 to 11, I was at Derby. So I pulled up at anyone who knows the A38 through Derby, there's a big roundabout with a McDonald's. So I stopped in the car park at McDonald's and uh, piggybacked off the Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't need to. No, I, I could do it off my uh, – I'd got enough signal on my uh, on my SIM. So I, uh, I, I just uh, started it running, and it worked fine. And uh, in fact, what I, what I then did was – also logged in from Zoom, so I was on there twice, if you like. I I switched off the camera on my. Uh, you can switch it off by default on on my Mac, and uh, and switched on the camera on my phone. So I was in the meeting at the same time as running the meeting from from my car in a McDonald's car park, which I thought was uh, appealed to my geekiness. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got the uh, email. What you're saying, you're in. Uh, download the app. Um, uh, but I decided not to bother with it because um, I, I don't have, I don't, well, I've got the, I've got the, the uh, camera covered over anyway, so I'll yes. take, take it off. I really don't want to take this uh, cover off. So oh, right, just, was fair enough. No, it. I say specifically, um, it's, it's specifically designed for mm. stuff where you're um, doing video conferencing. Yeah. So. Uh, currently, um, I'm on iOS. 14 public beta 6 and it seems to be quite stable um, unlike the previous version um, there was a lot of problems with keyboards um, you were trying to type things in like passwords and so on or even just type something in general and the keyboard would appear disappear, appear, disappear and it would continue doing this but the, the latest uh, update seems to have cured that problem. Also uh, my banking app now works on uh, beta 6 so Oh, it's good. certainly improving now. Uh, it's getting better. I don't, I don't see enough a lot of difference between iOS 14 and uh, 13. The, the, the major one I can see is the likes of uh, passwords, uh, where it now tells you uh, you've got an insecure password or, you, or you've used uh, the same password in multiple places. Oh, right. I've not come across that. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like um, you know what does what one password does. Um, yes. 
so well, that's kinda, quite useful. Yeah, but it can be a wee bit annoying as well because um, you've got to go through each one individually. Because um, over the years, you, you save up lots and lots of passwords, even for the same same site. Yeah. Um, so you've got to go through them all individually. But um, yeah, it's, I'm liking it, but it's, it's not a major difference from uh, the previous. No, I, I hadn't. I hadn't noticed much difference. I must admit. Mm. I still haven't been able to get the uh, stacks to work. Um, you was you was well when they, when they announced it. My understanding was you could, you could put various apps into a stack, and you could rotate between them. Uh, so you give it, you could basically fill up the top half of your screen with this yeah. one big app and scroll through each individual one. But what it appears still to do is give you what it off, offers you. Um, so I don't know. Oh, oh shut up! Hey, bossa. <laughs> <laughs> no, not you. Well, he clicked on. I clicked on something. You got bloody auto play video blaring out. Oh, it's talking about blowing things to flaming allow the night blooming web stuff just now. It's driving me absolutely bonkers. Oh, every, every site you go to either wants you to authorize it or or or, or uh, not authorize it. Well, do you get what's going on? You get a whole load of stuff, don't you? You get, you know, do you accept cookies? And yeah. would you like? I, th- I think that the cookie thing is the worst. I mean, it's the worst thing they could have. I mean, I, I know I understand the reason and the security and, mm-hmm. but oh, it's a pain, isn't it? Goodness gracious me, it's a pain and... having to say every time, yeah, cookies are okay. Yeah, I mean, you really ought to be able to have a setting on your computer which basically says, look, just accept cookies. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the, the other thing is, you'll deny them and you go back later on to the website and it's back to the same thing. It doesn't even save that. No, no. it's not yeah. good, is it? Well, the, no. the one that annoys me is the ones, and they. I guess it's because you deny them cookies, so they're just doing it on purpose. You go there and it says, manage your settings. So then you click manage your settings and it shows you that you have turned off all of the things, you know, ad trackers and everything, and they're all set to off. And then you have to scroll down to the bottom and go confirm my choices. And as you've pointed out before, Jim, the um, the one that says accept everything is always highlighted to try and trick mm-hmm. you into clicking them all back on. Yeah, um, oh, right. I hadn't noticed. Well, I tend, I tend to just say yes to everything anyway. <laughs> no, no, I don't. But yes, it's, but there's not only that, there's the cookies thing. And then it's like, would you like desktop notifications? It's like... No, I've never visited this site before and I'm never going to visit this site again. Why would I want you sending me notifications every time you put some piece of trash on your website? And then, um, you know, do you want to sign up for a newsletter? And Oh, so go away. (laughs) And that's with, you know. Everyone's trying to market you. You know, and I've got Adblock Pro and I've got uh, Ghostery and I've got obviously the, you know, the new um, Apple privacy thing, which um, you can get even on Catalina, by the way, if you if you use if you get the Safari um, software preview. Right. Um, See, I'm, I'm very much on the side of um, if it makes it more difficult to use my computer, i.e. I've got to make more decisions all the while. <laughs> I'd prefer it just sort of did it, and well, <laughs> that's probably not very secure. But well, the, the, uh, the, 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 there's got to be a balance point, hasn't there, between asking I mean, people what their yeah. preferences are and and um, and and doing the right thing, as it were. See, the, and at the um, moment, it just feels like we're constantly asked yeah, stuff all the time, endlessly. Um, the, the 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 Apple thing. Um, 
basically does pretty much the same as something like ghostery. Right. Just does the same thing. It says, in fact, my ghostery appears to be greyed out, probably because it's being overruled by Apple. Um, and it says, uh, two, two, trackers, uh, two trackers were prevented from profiling you on this website. And then you, if, you, if you care to click on it, it doesn't do it all the time. You have to click on it if you care. Um, yeah, the other, the other possibility is it's not uh, compatible yet. Well, no, because I'm running Catalina at the minute. Yeah. Um, it's still on. I think it's still on. Yeah. Just, um, it, I don't know if the Apple one's overruled it or if it if it just right. is grey because it's not got anything to tell me. But um, no, I've I've found the you know I found the Big Sur to be fine. It 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 doesn't seem to have slowed my machine down or anything. Um, other than the you know other than the fact I'm not keen on the state of the icons which is you know that's just me it's just do you think they'll uh do you think they'll do anything about them or do you think they're just ignore well, people <laughs> well they changed some of them didn't they i mean the uh, original right. battery thing was horrible um and at the minute the system preference pane is just like ugh, you know what is this horrible windows vista bell thing you've got on here and <laughs> um, but many people really won't care. I know that. Yeah. Well, that's 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 what I was saying. I mean, it, un- unless the design makes it harder to use in some way, it probably won't bother me that much. But it's just like you know, if you if you look at things like the network um, icon or the sound icon in you know, uh, they look much nicer in Catalina than they do at the minute in. Um, in Big Sur. Oh, okay. But um, any extra security uh, features in Big Sur? Uh, none that you would probably notice. There's mm. um something to do with the system volume is now securely signed, I think, as well as write own uh, read only. Um, even I'm not really sure exactly what that's about. Um. Yeah. Are you still able to download uh, apps from websites and install, or has it got to go through the No, yeah, you can go. You can go from anywhere. Right. Um, it has. I, th- I think it's the same as Catalina. I think. Um, where is it? Um, in security, I think you've got. Um, where are we? Security. Um, I think it's the same as Catalina. You've got two boxes, which is. Um, app store only or app store and sign identified developers yeah it's identified developers that's what it says in catalina yeah that's basically the same um and it still um it, it still does the same thing as well if you download something that says this is unsigned if you right click it and do open it will say are you really sure you want to do this this is an unverified app and you can just oh, right, okay. and you can override it anyway. Um, so, I mean, some of the th- things that are different are things like the dialogue boxes. Um, you know, things like the notification boxes are different and um, stuff like that. So, more is that? Well, my impression was there was more transparency and things going on. Is that right? There's a little bit. It's not as trans. Whether they toned it down from the first one or not, I don't know because on the, you know, when um, Craig Federighi showed it off. Some of it looked yeah. very transparent. It looked like bloody Windows Vista. Um, yes, I, yeah, no, I noticed that. That's what I was wondering about. Well, it doesn't. It's it doesn't seem as anywhere near as transparent as that. And oh, okay. in general, there was a. I found a button 
which doesn't actually say turn off transparency, but it... it that's it, what it does. <laughs> to, yeah, that's, that appears to be what it does. It said something like, I can't remember the exact word because I'm not, I, obviously I'm not running it now, but there's a, there's yeah. a button which appeared to basically turn off transparency. And uh, or, right. although the transparency was hardly there, I'll be honest. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Transparency is really good sometimes. I mean, uh, yeah. one of the nice things about Ecamm Live is it all floats on the desktop. Mm. So um, you can see your desktop through it, in fact, most of it. Um, and all, all the uh, the little dialogue boxes to do with sound and video and well, all it's that's like, transparent. You know, like, yeah. all those, like all those things, the secret is in knowing how much to use. I think even yes. in Vista... I think it even in Vista, after a while, they added a reduce transparency button, which toned it down because mm-hmm. the, in the initial version, it was it was horrible. If you stacked four windows on top of each other, it was just ugly, you know. Um, yes. And the same in iOS. I mean, when they first introduced it, some of it was terrible, but they pretty soon turned it down, no doubt, because people went, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I mean, the biggest thing I've noticed, obviously, is my menu bar um, has become white out of black. Um, my menu bar has gone black, but the fact right. that my desktop background is basically, um, to a large extent, black, um, might have a large amount to do with that. Oh right, okay. So you think it's just transparent? It's picking up the black. Background. Well, like, I think it's it's trans. It's only semi-transparent anyway. And I think what it's right. done is sampled the background and gone, this is nearly all black. Let's just make it like a black overlay. Um, yeah. without, unless I changed the background temporarily to see um, what the changes were. I, I haven't bothered to mess about with. Um, Operations-wise, you know, it, it. I think most of it is cosmetic from a user point of view anyway. Yeah. Um, well, which, well, when you think about it, it's quite impressive really because they've had to... They've had to recompile everything. Yeah. The fact that it's working so steadily, even at this stage, is uh, yeah. it's quite, um, quite it, it's a pretty, good pat on the back for Apple. I, I think it is. Um, I mean, I can't say I had terrible problems with Catalina betas. Um, I can't remember which one it was that gave me the most grief. I think it was Mojave was the one that gave me a lot of grief. But yeah. then again, Mojave was kind of the one that was laying the groundwork for Catalina and now Big Sur. Yes. Yeah. It, it, you know. Um, you see, I've had, I had no problem with Catalina because the my Mac had, uh, I never upgraded my iMac. Uh, and of course, when I bought this Mac Mini, it had already got Catalina on it, which is probably the best way to, to do it. <laughs> yes. No, I haven't touched Catalina at all. Yeah. No, no, Jim's still using Mojave, aren't you? Mm. Um. I'll go up to Big Sur, but I'm certainly not touching Catalina. No, probably. There was not a lot of point. Yeah, there, I've heard a lot of, I mean, we know that a lot of people had issues with this. Mm. It's, uh, it, but, you know, having a fresh install on a new machine, mm-hmm. I've not had any issues that I could speak of. I must, ad- I must admit, I can't remember what it was. Something happened with Catalina that did make me do a fresh install um, at the end of the betas. I think right. there was there was a problem. It might it might have been the thing about the thing about not you know not accepting the system plugins. And I actually went. I'm gonna do a clean install. Um, and then bring my user account and whatnot back from a backup. Um, 
but partly I also did that because as I, I think it was like how many times have I, you know, updated this system over the years? And it was a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a lot of years since I'd done a clean, you know, a clean install. Um, so I do like, I must admit, I do like doing a clean install occasionally and I don't even bring across settings from that. I do it all manually. Mm. Uh, and it's a bit of a faff and it takes, you know, a couple of days to actually remember. You keep remembering things and thinking, oh, I haven't installed that or uh, what was my what was my password for that but i mean the advantage of having one password and uh and the keychain of course is that it all picks it up off yeah it gets it most of uh, it from my cloud off so. the cloud anyway doesn't it so i use a mixture of one password and the keychain so do um, i yeah yeah well i use uh, i use last pass and keychain i've never no i've never really liked last password because um some years ago they got hacked um, I've never heard of one password getting hacked, so yeah, um, I don't know. Well, um, it works for me, and they they mm. say all their stuff's encrypted and whatnot. So even if somebody hacked mm. them, they're not going to get anything. Um, yeah. So, so who's uh, who's buying the new iMac and the current new iMac? No, <laughs> well, not having just bought a Mac Mini, not long ago. Um, no, <laughs> say yeah. If I had the money, it would be nice, but um. I mean, it looks uh, like a good, good machine. Hmm. I do you remember I when Kelly was on. I put forward the suggestion that the iMac could be the first Apple machine, hmm. um, with the intention of getting it into small businesses and whatnot. Um, the counterpoint to that is, of course, small business users are probably the most conservative of buyers, so they are actually yes. more likely to buy this machine, this suit, you know, this amped up iMac with yes. a lot of options to future proof it by putting in big storage, lots of RAM, um, you know, the latest processors. Yeah, they're probably going to play it on the safe side, aren't they? And I could see a lot of that being a good move for a lot of small business users going, right, I'll buy one of these because it will see me at least five years, you know, so that there's lots of time for the. Um, yeah, what what the uh, what the business users will want is lots of enthusiasts to buy up the first. Max yes, they will want that are running on Apple Silicon and get get all the kinks out, and then they, they will might consider it. They will want everything um, sorted by the time they change. So yeah, they're looking at five years down the road, aren't they? So you buy a machine now. Apple said they'll support that machine for five years. Yeah, I could see them buying into that as a kind of future proof, so that by the time by the time they need to change, they will be forced into the change when they start getting software saying, this requires Apple Silicon. This requires, you know, mm. um, Mac OS 20 or whatever the hell they're on by then, you know what I mean? Or 11.10 <laughs> or something, depending on how Apple go. Um, I mean, are they going to go 11, 11.1, 11.2, 11.3, or are they going to start going 12, 13? Um, Who knows? Who knows? I think... A thing I think you need to watch, though, is uh, if you're in the market for an iMac, if you think you're going to get a new all singing, all dancing iMac, uh, you're not necessarily going to get so. Because um, it looks like the basic, you know, the 21 inch one is still much the same as what it was before. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's the 27 inch, it seems to have all the bells and whistles, including this uh, kind of funny nano oh, yeah, screen. Screen thing, screen, and, I, and I've heard it's a kind of, I would, you know, the suggestion is if you don't need it, don't buy it. Um, it sounds like it might be a rather delicate 
because mm. you can't clean it with, you know. Well, as far value. as I can tell, it's just matte, matte, yeah, matte it's some kind of coating that needs a special cloth to clean it. I hate to, uh, I hate to tell you this, but um, uh, it's probably sacrilege. So you, you might have to have me struck off the Apple uh, register. You bought a surface um, bore. <laughs> but uh, when I bought this LG monitor, mm. and I had it next to my so this is a 24 inch lg 4k monitor and i had it next to my imac 21 and a half inch i preferred the lg mm-hmm. <laughs> and i mean it could be just that i've got the settings better on the lg or but, but i just i just like the picture better i like, I like it, it did you do um calibration no mm. no i'm not that fussed about uh, i mean a lot of it. no uh... it's basically set as it was when i when i got mm. it and um a lot yeah, of it's, it's, it's photographers nice say that as lovely as the you know iMac 5K screen is or the 4K screen was it 3K I don't know whatever it is the different ones are as as lovely as it is um, color wise it is not as good as some of the other makes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean it might be it might be simply that I'm very shallow, and I prefer the fact that it's got a thinner bezel. Well, there's that, isn't it? <laughs> That's more than likely for me because I'm that not did, really a uh, like I'm not a great audioholic uh, audio uh, file. Yeah, I'm also not a, a great video f- or or, or a, you know picture file either. And uh, it might be it could be as shallow as the fact that it's just got a thinner bezel. It, 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 it might just like be. It. it might just be that. Yeah. You know. Um, the main thing is if you're happy, that's it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And a lot of a lot of um, photographers always claim that Apple's screens are too bright that even if right. you turn them down um they're not you know they're the gamma they, you can't control the gamma correctly according to a lot of photographers uh there you go in the end it's all down to personal preference isn't it so yeah uh, um but each it's to their own it's like this micro yeah nano textured glass right that sounds like pandering to the people who for years you know complained at the loss of matte screens and yes. we don't want glossy screens. Right, well, you don't want a glossy screen? Here, you can have a nano-textured glass, which is just bloody matte glass, mate. Sound-blasted matte glass. Yeah. And, and uh, you can pay us a lot of money for and it. you can pay, yeah, in the usual <laughs> Apple manner. You want it? Yeah, sure. Just give us a bucket full more money. As far as I could see, you would have to be in a very specialist field to really care about that. Yeah, I think so. Or, or, or you've got the money you don't, and you don't care. And you don't care, yeah. Yeah, because it's there. <laughs> so it's looking more and more, to be honest, like the first, uh, that you know, go big or go home, they're going to go with their biggest market slice being the probably the, the well, the laptops. Well, yeah. map, uh, either the, you know, the laptops, full stop. Wouldn't it be easier for them to just launch a Mac Mini first as they've, as they're already using Mac Minis in that way. I mean, I know it's not the finished item, but just yeah, the but then I, think, I, did... I think it's going to be a laptop first. I think it's going to go. It... I, I think go for gonna... a larger market. Yeah. I think it's going to be go big or go home. Let's make it our biggest market segment and get it out to the as big a chunk of the market as quickly as possible. Possibly, Maybe. mate. Possibly a laptop and an iMac at the same time. Maybe. I reckon it's going to go laptops first. The, I reckon this, the... this, this new Hold iMac... On. I'm just writing that down. Hold on. <laughs> this, <laughs> this, this new iMac... Um, said. 
<laughs> looks uh, very much a competitor to the iMac Pro. Um, I've just spe- respect uh, the 27 inch with all the bells and whistles, apart from Final Cut. And you're talking nine grand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. That's, in, that's in the iMac Pro. Yes, it is. It is up in. Um, I, I saw an article. I think when it came out, with some people saying, "Is the new iMac more pro than the iMac Pro?" Um, I could see the iMac Pro going away. To yeah, be honest, right. I always thought that that was a strange stopgap machine. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a stopgap, wasn't it? I mean, that what everyone was crying out for the for the Mac Pro. And yeah, to get delivered the. They delivered the iMac Pro instead, which, in all honesty, probably satisfied eighty percent of the people who were crying out for something professional. Yes, um, but um, but yeah, it was a, it was a stopgap, really. It struck me, and I said it at the time, and so I'm happy to say it again now. It struck me as like the two FX. Um, I know it's probably you boys might not have been in the Mac scene in the days of the two FX, but the two no. FX was the most expensive Mac ever at the time, um, £8,000. Uh, by the way, that excluded the monitor, the keyboard and the mouse. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're talking, what, 90s, early 90s? Right. Um, and it was, you know, it was the most expensive Mac ever. It was the fastest Mac ever. It would, But in order to do that, they did all sorts of technological hacks to it. Um, and it was, I'm pretty sure, a stopgap machine. And uh, well, I think it might have been the last of the, might have been the last of the moat rollers. I'm not sure. Um, even if it wasn't, they did a lot of stuff to it to get that speed out of it. But it was an evolutionary dead end. If you bought one of those machines, there was no way f- forward later on. Whereas in those days, yeah. you know, if you had a you had a two CI or, or one of the other kind of motor roller machines, that later on there would usually be a way forward. A, 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 you know, a, things that could be done um, to extend its life later on. The two FX it used different RAM chips to everything else. It had you know a different onboard you know input output bus and all sorts of things like that so it was a fabulous machine but it was a mule at the same time in that it was never uh the the iMac Pro just felt a bit like that to me how do we get out a machine that is we can screw the absolute most amount of power out of as a stopgap until we can actually release the fully modular Mac Pro Mm -hmm. um Mm. And like you say, Jim, the, you know, this new iMac can be specced up to ludicrous amounts of storage and ludicrous amounts of RAM. Um, I've not seen, uh, I mean, it, it, probably I've not seen them because people are really happy with them, but I've not seen much about the Mac Pro. After the initial, you know, every YouTuber in the under the sun that was sent yeah. a Mac Pro to, to try out when it first came out, I've not heard anyone say any more about it since then. I've not I, anyone say how I've been getting on with it for the last twelve months or anything like that, which they're often are. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they're just happy with them, and that's that's the end of it. I suspect yeah. the sort of people who buy that are not actually, you know, they're not YouTubers and whatnot. They might be, but they're not the sort of people who. Um, no, no, they'll be working on some yeah high you know, higher level stuff than that. They just yeah. do it. Sorry, the only thing I've heard is. Uh, well, first of all, it's um, it's a real heat 
producer. It's really hot running. Um, but the other what, thing the, is, it, it's what not, the iMac Pro or the or the Mac Pro? The, the Mac Pro, um, the U Mac Pro. Apparently, it's a, certainly produces a lot of heat out of it. Well, it's not surprising considering how powerful yeah. they made it. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the, but the other thing was that they were saying that uh, it's not not as powerful as some people think it is. Doing depends on what tasks you're doing with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, how you're using it. The case with the computer. I mean, if you yeah. if you watch any if you watch any of these guys who build their own PCs and whatever, mm. it's all a matter of balancing yeah. balancing the kit with what you've bought. Basically, there's no point buying, you know, a really top end graphics card if yeah. you're memory isn't very fast or you're you know think, it, think, it, it, it's about finding Verge, a balance yeah i think the Vers did a, a test of, of one and didn't find it any better than what they were using before um it wasn't a bad machine but it wasn't that much faster so it depends on what you use it for yeah i'm, I'm sure that's i'm true. sure that's true and also of course you know there's a there's a lot if you go in here for i'm just going to go in here actually and i say if i go to mac the other thing is a lot of the, the old guard are now moving out of Apple. Um, Phil Schiller's sort of been promoted out of what he used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few others seem to have gone from the old guard. Well, the, the, the big one was um, Johnny. Yeah. Um, I still, I think, I still, I still I think, think Tim Cook should go. Yeah, I think uh, I think they had to. Um, I think they had to move on from where they were they they had sort of painted themselves into a um mm-hmm. a corner effectively design wise uh, and so i think the designs had to change and it couldn't really while johnny was still there yeah with phil Schiller, the big the big problem with him was uh, it was the can't innovate my ass when they brought out the, the, the uh, trash <laughs> can yeah yes and it turned out it wasn't that good yes yeah, sadly there were yeah. design flaws yeah beautiful design but form of a function in in some ways well yes in in every way i think for some yeah, it depends on how much power you needed really in the end mm-hmm. um i think um there's one podcast i listen to occasionally and he has a mac pro and he's the old mac pro the circular one and he's still more than happy with it you know, it you depends on it. your needs doesn't it yeah Can you still buy it i don't know no i doubt can't. it I doubt it, but yeah. you know, people there'll be people who have it. It'll probably become one of those specialist machines now, mm. where you know, in another ten years or so, everyone will want one because <laughs> because it was a very special material, you know. And and it's a bit like the cube and the. Well, that was a lovely device. That. that I, well, I never used it, but uh, yeah, it looked good. The, See, the, the Mac cube, oh, that was gorgeous. That price to match, but it suffered from uh, cracking of the casing. Oh right. Yeah, the the um the polycarbonate tended to crack mm. around the mounting screws, um, which was harmless but unsightly, and then the, the price they were charging for it, um, unsurprisingly, yes. yeah. <laughs> paid a lot of money for it. You weren't very happy. I mean, we go here. I'm just looking at the 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 current, you know, the new Mac Pro starts from five and a half grand. Wow! Right. Um, if you go all, I mean. How much? And we know it goes all the you can spend ludicrous amounts of money, right? You can go up to what was it, fifty grand or something. Um uh, with all of these things, you know, I always I always uh I always spec them up to what I think is a reasonable amount regardless of how powerful it is. Mm. So, you know, I think sixteen gig of memory is a reasonable amount, a terabyte hard drive is a reasonable amount. Well, uh, for example uh, preferably SSD. 
This uh, and, um, and, and that would be a base price for me then. Right. The um this comes with starts with uh eight core Intel Xeon W processor at three point five gigahertz with thirty two thirty two gig <laughs> of DDR four EEC memory. Yeah, that's fine as well. Right. Um and uh, Radeon Pro and the only thing they've skimped on is the SSD, which is two five six. Um <sighs> Yeah, I do wish they wouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, if you go to the, if you go up to the top, they're still two five six because they they upgraded a lot of them to five hundred, didn't they? Yeah, if you, um, I guess they're working on the principle that some of those the people who are buying these are going to pay to upgrade, and then they're probably going to have most of their storage out on external bloody you know network storage. But, yeah, yeah, probably, but I, I just think yes, that... that's tight, isn't it? It's tight on a machine that costs you five grand. Um, yeah, I, I would have, I would have expect. I, it annoys me the way that Apple sort of um, hem in whatever it is you're buying, so that you have to buy more stuff afterwards. Yeah, uh, I mean, you can go. You really ought to be able to buy a machine that will do a reasonable amount in one go, you without can, having to upgrade it. Yeah, you can go. You can spend up to seven grand on the increasing the um, the processor. So you can start at eight, and you can go twelve core is plus a thousand, sixteen core is plus two thousand, twenty four core plus six grand, or a twenty eight core um, all the way up is plus seven. Then you've got memory upgrades, which can cost you up to ten grand. Arm oh, and a leg, yeah. Um, you can have one point five terabyte uh oh no that's not available in that model well look at it um okay yeah you have to spec you can only have 1.25 uh 1.5 terabytes of memory if you go for the 24 or 28 core processor okay so that yeah the higher you go the more yeah the more addressable ram you get so that's um, well you can go all the way up to uh 768 even with the basic processor right well, um, then, I just you know for, for <laughs> these these aren't designed for normal people, are they? I mean, no, let's face not. it. They're and just... the and the graphics cards, uh, it starts with the Radeon Pro 580X with eight gigabytes of DDR5 GDDR5 memory, um, and you can spend up to eleven grand on uh, increasing the graphics potential. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got the That's afterburner kind of them, card. So let it go for that little. And, yeah, and then you've got the afterburner cards, and uh, oh, you know, yeah, just um, just out of interest. So then the um, so to be honest, Jim, if if you're talking about ramping the latest iMac up to how much did you say? Uh, just under nine grand. Right, so that's without, that's without final cut. Yeah, but at nine grand, you are well into um, basic Mac Pro territory, mm-hmm. which says to me that iMac Pro could be, you know, left to wither on the vine. I could be mm-hmm. wrong. Who can tell? But I, I just don't think the sort of people who want, who really want a Mac Pro, uh, care about, you know, want an iMac. They mm-hmm. want something modular. They want something you can take the case off, and if you need to replace the card, that you know the graphics card later, you can. Yeah, modular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, that's what the new Mac Pro gives you. It's, it's back to the days of the original. Yeah. Uh, take, cheese grater. Yeah. yeah. Take the turn the yeah. dial on the top and slide the case off. So. Yeah. 
I mean, there are, uh, in all honesty, there are a, a, a limited number of things that you can do that will use all that power. So yeah. you have to be in a very specific area, usually to do with video. Yeah. Um, uh, or, where where you need all that power. You know, my screen just ch changed color magically in front of my eyes. Graphics, you know, graphics rendering or crunching huge data sets. Although yes, probably, probably. Well, even data sets probably, probably don't, don't want a Mac Pro power. for that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, it's 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 doing multitasking, encoding, and all that sort of stuff that uses yeah, up all the power, isn't it? It is. So there you go. Well, right. I don't know about you, chaps, but I think it's time for tea. Yes, I think so. <laughs> time for tea, indeed. Time I've been for recording tea. this, by the way. Yes, I have yes, been recording I have this. As well. Whether we, whether we, um, you know, whether I actually make well, anything out of it, I don't know. Yeah, it's up to you whether you think there's enough there for a show. But if not, don't worry about it. No. Did you, no. Did you get your wire to, um Did you get your piezo to work out with um, this? Yeah, yeah. It's working. It's all, right. it's all working. The, the, my my problem was not obviously. It took me a long time to get this machine up and running because every single mm. app wanted to re-verify itself and everything was mm. running like a snail. Uh, but the first time you do that is always a problem. But then I, without the SSD, because when I did it with um, Catalina and I would be booting back into Mojave, I could still run the apps from the SSD, whereas this right. is all running off the spinning drive, not just the OS. So what I was worried about was would it keep up, bearing in mind that it's an SS, uh, it's a spinning drive running over USB 2 or whatever it is. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But it seems to have been fine. So, well, yeah, it seems good. to be all right at the minute. As long as when I play the vid, uh, you know, the recording back, it's okay. Because my other, well, we've both got we both got yeah, yeah. recordings. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, my, you see, my part of it was if this doesn't pan out, what I would do is say, okay, when we do a show, I will, I will do it. I will go back to a, a simpler method. In other words, I would run mm -hmm. in Big Sur and just record wire directly into. Um, sound studio and but that, that what that would mean is like things like my noise gate and my eq and um uh that sort of thing yeah would they would they would i wouldn't have any of those so we'd just be getting a raw recording although you can apply you know simulcrum of most of those things in audacity it would just mean running them in post rather than doing them live um it just you know and I, I might I might even do that if if the next time I try and boot this up into um, Catalina, you know, it takes an hour to get the thing into a usable state. I might say, sod that. I'm just going to go back to a simpler time until such time as um, audio hijack and whatnot are, are compatible again. That's, that's oh, I've just looked up simulcrum because I've, ne I've never heard anyone use that word before. <laughs> An image or representation of someone or something. Mm. It was a small-scale simulcrum of a skyscraper. Is an example. Indeed. <laughs> so there cool. we go. And my other I like my, learning new words. Yes, my other big purchase for the week. I uh, bought myself some new earbuds. Oh right. Wired wired, wired earbuds. For, you know, yeah. as my other ones are getting a bit well, one of them broke, so I cut it off. So I've now only got I've got an earbud with you know an earbud a wired earbud for <laughs> right. doing this show, which is all I use for monitoring anyway. Yeah, I spent a lot of money on these chaps. Oh, come on, we're ready. Six, eight, steel. Eight. Hey, 
Tex-99. <laughs> <laughs> You're having a laugh, mate. I paid £1.99. <laughs> <laughs> and the JVC, by the way, JVC. Wow. No nothing wrong with JVC. I bought them in... Um, ah, ah. Now, what does JVC stand for? Is it something the JVC we're thinking of? <laughs> no, it's the... It's yeah. a company, isn't it? It is uh, the J. No, it's that JVC. It's the genuine JVC, not the knockoff JVC. <laughs> yeah, I bought them in QD, which if I don't know if I don't know if you guys have. Do you have QD? I don't think we have got a QD. No. Um. Right. No. It's a bit like B and M. Are you familiar with B and M? Oh, I've got a B and M. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, it, it's a bit like that, it, except slightly, uh, slightly more down market, I suppose. Um. And they work all right, I presume. I haven't taken them out of the box yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> but £1.99 for a set. Normally, I mean, they're not, they're the ones that normally, if you go in Asda or something, they're about 6 7 because yeah. they're JVC. I mean, they're only wired earbuds. There's nothing flash about them. But yeah, I saw them there at one ninety nine. I thought I'll bag a pair of them. <laughs> yeah, why not? Give them a go. Right. Right, yeah, we'll have a good evening and... Uh... Uh, yes, yeah. I'll, I'll look forward to he- either hearing it or hearing nothing whatsoever. And uh, you yeah. know, either way, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's been good to talk to you both. All right, lads. Yeah. Well, I won't bother no. doing any of the usual stuff. If, if if I put this out, I'll just put it out as a you know, an extra, an extra and we'll do a full on show. Little chit chat. Yeah. Right, you are. All the right. Ramblings off. Yeah, the ramblings exactly. No. Ramblings of a mad analects of a mad sage, which I wish I could claim I'd thought up with, but it's actually stolen from a RPG um, zine by somebody somebody famous. uh, Yeah, somebody who was a big name in the uh, a big name in the role playing game. It might be Dave Arneson, actually. Anyway, somebody who was big in the early days of role playing games, Uh Dungeons and Dragons and things, adventures in fantasy and the like and he had a zine and it was called analects of a mad sage which was i always thought was bloody brilliant yeah <laughs> good name it was there we go all right lads yeah yeah right yeah time to get off and think about tea i reckon get some yeah. tea yeah. indeed right yo see right, you guys okay. i'll see you later bye, bye. bye. bye.